Hello friends, my name is Patrick Little and welcome to A Little History, the show that takes a look at human history a little differently. I'm an ancient history major and an all-round nerd for all things history. I love telling stories, talking shit and cracking beers. So won't you join me as I present some of the well-known and not so well-known stories of our history. Sometimes I have a guest coming in cold and sometimes it's just you and me. This first season, The Mythology Apology, we'll be looking at some of the stories that we have been telling each other for thousands of years. A look at the mythology and folklore from many of our cultures. Stories that seek to explain everything from the world around us, warnings against messing with the higher powers, or sometimes just for the sheer entertainment. So settle in, drink them if you got them, get ready to laugh, and hopefully learn something new about the glorious mess that is our history. With a little shit talking and silly sound effects as well. <laughs> Who immediately made her their queen. As a cow? No, as a human. Unfortunately, he trips on a tangled root and kind of knocks himself out. <laughs> so he's a horse mechanic and he's a son of a god. He's a horse mechanic. I didn't need a freaking story about making pies, man. I know how to make a bloody pie. I've caught you the deathless. <laughs> give me the fucking ball and I'm going to go down there and I'm going to give Gilgamesh a piece of my mind. <laughs> Sorry. Plexipus. Homeless Gandalf without a beard. I'm not going to help you at this point, but what you should do is you should leave your silver snuff box with us for us to remember you by. <laughs> silver snuff box. And she uh, she starts cursing Gilgamesh, being like, fuck you, Gilgamesh, you piece of shit. So here heads back to Mycenae with Cassandra the concubine. <laughs> is that what she's known as? You had one job to do, mate. One <laughs> fucking job. Don't look in the closet. I'm glad I got your attention. Welcome back, everybody, to a little history podcast. Uh, we're doing a uh, a bit of an out of office recording today. Uh, the my regular office slash my daughter Everly's room is uh, unavailable because we're doing this at night time, so she's having a little, little snoozies. And uh, the good the good people down at the Beach Bar and Grill in Malula Bar in southeast Queensland, the Sunshine Coast, uh, graciously let me set up shop here for their after hours. So we're recording from here, and I've got uh, got a new guest on the show today. Uh, a, uh, I want to say it's a it's it's another Matt. It's definitely a different Matt. Uh, uh, another brother, but a brother from another mother. Uh, Matthew Jenkins, how are you, Matt? Good, buddy. How you doing? Mate, I'm going really well, actually. Yeah, I appreciate the, the talking, actually. That was nice. A brother from another mother. I feel like that, actually. Well, it certainly feels like that, mate. I mean, it's kind yeah. of, uh, well, kind of like how, how things kicked off, I guess. But uh, I'll, I'll let you tell that story. How do, just, for the, uh, just for the listeners out there, um, I guess, how, how do we know each other? It would, it would have definitely come from, uh, from our cricketing days. I think that's where it, where it stemmed from. I think it was Hellenic Club, wasn't it? It was the bar at Hellenic Club. And I just kind of followed the people that knew about cricket around. And uh, that was 14 years ago now um, that we started. Yeah, shit. Yeah, we used to go to that uh, indoor centre during our... Um, used to have that break, didn't we, in between lunch and dinner. Oh, correct. Um, shift. And yeah. we used to go and play cricket or golf. And or well, say golf, pitch and putt. Um, <laughs> it's, and, it's, uh, it's golf for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's about as far as I can hit it. That's um, about as good as I get. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I pretty much lived at your house every single weekend. Yeah, pretty um, much. Or your that parents' was a, house, I should say. That was great. Uh, it was my, they knew it was my house. <laughs> yeah, they did, yeah. Firstborn right. male. Right. I, I, I was the heir. The heir apparent. <laughs> they, they knew what was going on. Yeah, uh, yep. But that's cool. And those are for our international listeners. Uh, there's a few of you, actually. Well done. Uh, cricket's kind of like baseball, but more fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Unless you don't like either, then you're probably going to hate cricket. But uh, <laughs> cricket's awesome. Yeah. It's a thinking man's game. It's a thinking man's game. Uh, correct. All right. Well, Matt, let's uh, let's let's jump on in. Hey, let's let's get into a story. Yeah, let's do this. Groovy. All right. So uh, what do you know about, uh, I guess, from other episodes of this series uh because we sort of got you on because you sort of you sort of let me know you were impressed with what was going on with the show and and that was sort of earlier on in the stage when we we're doing a lot of the uh the mycenaean hero stories as well as the the caledonian boar hunt the story of io so a lot of stuff from from ancient uh ancient greece uh, so I was wondering, uh, I wanted to put you in, uh, not, not, not in the safe area, but I, I definitely wanted to go back to Greece after doing that, uh, the, the series, uh, the multiple episodes on the Ramayana with Matt. I was like, wow, I need to do is like, <laughs> let's get back to Greece. Let's have a bit of, have a bit of fun with that one. Um, so I wanted to know, what do you know about the hero Theseus? I know very little, um, Excellent. growing up in England, you are not taught about anything in history other than English history. So it's, um, I know very, very little. All I know is from this podcast. Hey, well, if I'm the main artery, then uh, so be it. The the one light in yes, the darkness. Yes, I assume <laughs> everything you've said so far is fact. Oh, That's gospel. what I'm going by. Gospel, yes. Yeah, gospel. Gospel truth, yeah. <laughs> well, this, this, will be, this will be extra fun then. Um, so <laughs> basically, this will be great. So this is the, the story of the rise of Theseus. Okay. So we're basically entering one of or we're covering one of Greece's favorite mythological heroes. But there's also uh, also a bit of a uh, an argument these days that he was uh, stems from a historical character, like a historical uh, figure. But uh, there's sort of a lot of conjecture on that. But uh, straight off the bat, uh, Theseus himself comes. Uh, he comes from a pretty illustrious uh, family both on his mother's side and his father's. Like, his father's side uh, backs or goes back to uh, Erechtheus, who was, like, you know, uh, the first children of the soil. So we're talking, like, the first men and shit. Okay. All right. So a lot of claims to land. Yes. Yes. He's like, this has been our land. Like, we've been here forever. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Theseus's mother. His side, or, yeah, her side stretches back to the days of Pelops, who, uh, if we know from episode two i believe it was um or two of the series of the mycenaean hero stories uh, pelops being the son of tantalus uh yes the guy who couldn't quite reach the food and the water yeah correct correct so so theseus's mother stems from that line so they're old like you call them old blood uh but yeah so if, if anybody who doesn't quite know what i'm talking about go and check it out uh to get more uh, more of an idea about what we're on about the main reason i say this is this makes uh theseus related to the likes of other characters that we've come across so far in this story so uh the likes of thyestes and atreus being the sons of uh of pelops in episode three and then you've got agamemnon and menelaus in episode four and many more uh some of these are, are including uh you know perhaps one of the most famous greek heroes heracles or hercules as the romans knew him and hercules. how nice. most yeah how most of us uh, i guess came across him yeah now i've heard of him yeah i didn't knew his name was heracles like much later i always knew him as hercules because that's how they're that's 
how the Romans uh, uh, named him or called him. So he's uh, the thing about Hercules. He's uh, Theseus's older cousin. We'll get to that later. Now uh, I know this is a lot of like descendants. Uh, at the beginning, like, oh, they stemmed from this person and stemmed from that person, but it, it'll kind of make sense uh, and make it all pretty easy for this one. Uh, so in terms of the descendants of Pelops, so on Theseus's mother's side, there was a fellow by the name of Pythaeus, uh, and he founded the city of Trojan. Hey guys, Pat from the future here. Just a heads up that I will constantly be mispronouncing the word Trojan. Spelled T-R-O-E-Z-E-N. But throughout this story, you better believe those beers I drank got right into me. So I'm going to be calling all sorts of things. So bear with me with that. Sorry. Hey. Yeah, it's a small region of southern, on the, in the southern part of Greece. Uh, kind of close to a lot of the like major cities like uh, or in city-states like Sparta and Argos. And just across the uh, across the uh, the Saronic coast or, or the bay there to Athens, so it's then it's nestled as in uh, in then uh, it's in Trojan is settled you know pre- in between some pretty big players. So this is Troy. No, 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 no. It's uh, no. So Troy itself was called Troy uh, for the English, and then this okay. was called uh, Trojan. So I'll give you the spelling. It is T R O E Z E N. I think in uh, I've heard some other podcasts do it, and they they like they call it treason, uh, which definitely doesn't sound like that. So I'm like tro troison. Anyway, troison. Uh, that's, that's that's fine. Troison, it is <laughs> done. Okay. Now, Pythias, uh, on all accounts, was considered to be a pretty good dude uh, who was wise and shit, and you know all that, and uh, and he turns out to be Theseus's grandfather. Uh, but you know, we'll yep. leave we'll leave Pythias in Trozen, Trozen, Trozen. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that beer. I'll tell you, in Trozen, Trozen, in for now, and we'll head over to the mighty city of Athens. So this is where the story begins. Hey, now this is a place I've heard of. Yeah, it's here that Agus, the king of Athens, he's feeling just a little bit glum. And uh, you see, Aegis, he's without a male heir and is desperate for a son to inherit his title and his throne. So, you know, typical ruler. He wants to pass on his power heretically. Heretically? Is that even a word? And, uh, you know, he, he, can't, he can't get that happening. So he's a, bit, he's a bit glum about that. Yep. Yeah, poor king. You gotta feel sorry for him. Poor fella. Uh, he does have a few wives, though, but, you know, he wasn't able to conceive any children with the first two, but with the third wife, he was only able to bear daughters. Hello. So, Hi. you know, for this, that made Aegeus feel just a little bit uh, down about his situation because, you know, it's not like a woman could, uh, you know, have a crack at the top job or anything like that. He's kind of gone, uh, no, if I can't have a dude doing it, then, you know, this is pretty bad. So we're, we're in that... that uh, we're playing that that fiddle, you know. It's basically yeah, women. Yeah. Women, yeah, women are only uh, there to be married off and uh, do uh, other stuff. Do womanly duties. <laughs> see there. See, it's like, yeah. ugh. Yes. <laughs> Great. See, yes, like, sure. Aegis, are you a dick? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, buddy. 
Signs of the times. Yeah, signs of the times, exactly. So uh, what do you do yeah. when you have a problem like this? Uh, you go and see the Oracle. Okay. Okay. I was going to say have more sex, but yeah. Well, he's he's tried it. He's tried all positions. He's okay. tried all uh, all occasions. More wives. But, <laughs> uh, now an oracle is a little like a soothsayer. Oh, I'm a soothsayer. Uh, like the soothsayer uh, Calchas, who I uh, I spoke about in episode four of this series, uh, who he told Agamemnon to go and and kill his. Uh, his daughter Iphigenia, so they could chuff off to Troy and have themselves a little war. Uh, they're like that uh, in terms of they, they they not so much read entrails from animals. It's a little bit more of an institutionalized position. Is this the one that told him too that he was going to rape his daughter and then the son was going to come back and fight for him? That was yes. Thyestes got that yes. uh, that that grim news, and he goes, oh, "I'll disregard all this," and then bank like rape the first person I, I come across. Oh, it's my daughter. I don't know where she works. Yeah, like, works. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Cool. And so yeah, it happens all the time. I know. I know. In these stories, frequently too much. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, yeah. You see the old men writing these stories. They're just like, oh my god, my daughter's so hot. It's like Trump. <laughs> oh, Ivanka. You'd feel bad for her, but she's fucking terrible. She's ice cold. Yeah, exactly. If she wasn't such a horrible person, yeah, you'd feel bad for her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so for this oracle in uh, in in particular, uh, they or she and uh, and her her troop her group uh, reside at the temple of the god Apollo at the site of Delphi. So located in the northwestern part of uh, or no, sorry northwest of Athens in uh, central Greece. And uh, I had the good fortune of being able to visit uh, that place a few years ago when I when I did my my big honeymoon back backpacking trip. I can say it's easy to see why you would build one of the most sacred places or sacred sites in the ancient world there. It's just, it's the shit. It's so breathtaking. And, you know, I'll try and find some pics uh, from that trip and, like, post it up on the socials or whatever, just so people get some sort of an idea about what's uh, what we're talking about and why this sort of site inspired people to be like, oh, let's, let's set up here and tell prophecies and shit because people are going to be like, oh, this is an awesome place to be. Of course, prophecies come true here. I was in Athens during 2010 when those, when it was like the protests and the riots were on during like I don't know something to do with their finances. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we weren't allowed to, we weren't allowed to leave our hotel past night time, and we would just had a security guard outside our door like the whole night. Just you're not allowed to leave. And good thing they didn't because a massive riot started. Must have been 50 people with baseball bats and wooden clubs all just started fighting one another and oh it's it just a mess it was good to watch it was it was cool to watch but, uh, <laughs> holy shit you know. oh my god yeah it was right outside our hotel right outside yeah so you got if you look to your left you could see the acropolis and if you look to your right you could see a violet bulb that was that was my uh, time in athens that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Holy shit. Like, yeah. a, a, similar, a similar story to that, I'll tell you off air, that was just, um, mate, uh, very close calls. Where you just sort of go, ah, oh, yeah. we're lucky to get out of that one. Yeah. Beautiful city, though. Beautiful oh, city. Ama- amazing city. Yeah, lovely. I want to get back there ASAP. ASAP. But uh, now, back back to the Oracle. And uh, the Oracle was the head of the of an order of Pythian priestesses who hung out at, at the site of Delphi, as I said. So they're quite, they're a big deal. Like, if you go to see the Pythian priestesses, uh, that's, they're legit. It's like going to see the best uh, doctor in the world. Like, 
they know their shit. And they're all female as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, There's you know, you, 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 got, you got some blokes as well. It's it's, but in terms okay. of the the actual oracle, uh, typically is a female because they sort of you know uh, are able to transcend the uh, the 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 living world and then the spiritual world and uh, and do all that. So think like uh, that movie Three Hundred. Not super, uh, not super um, yeah. accurate. That's but... kind of what I was going with. I was I had a mix of Minority Report and Three Hundred in my head with yeah. the females in the pool. It's and then something like the like creepy that. men, yeah, yeah, they they do like yeah. trances and shit like that, and they're like, oh, let's because it's all like spiritual essence in the end. So they're yeah. like, oh, we want to get a get a taste of that as well as just be creepy fucking dudes. So it's it it changes throughout history, but for this purposes, yeah, it's it's a group of priestesses, and they're the ones that are able to communicate through the gods because they're virgins and they 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 keep you know a pious life and all that kind of stuff. Because men are too busy ruling the world, uh, they're like, "Oh, we'll let yeah, the chick, yeah. we'll let the chicks do it." You're like, "Thanks, Dick." <laughs> Fuck. Um, yeah, well, I think they've got the, uh, I, f- I think they've got the right end of the stick there. I'll hide up on a tall mountain and talk to spirits, just chilling, as opposed to being raped by by big Greek kings all the time. Oh, but not having a bit of fun on, on your own accord. Oh, you're not allowed to have fun, are you? No, virgins, mate. Virgins, exactly. There's no rule against in the butt. You know what I'm saying? So maybe that's what they that's what they're doing. <laughs> oh, definitely. If there was other men up there, that's what they'd have to do. Yeah. Someone's definitely found a loophole. Or a poop hole. Eh. Hey. <laughs> God. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it's said, as I said, that the Oracle can communicate with the spiritual world and see into a person's future. And, you know, tell that person about it or tell others about it if they so choose. But, of course, the, informa- the information they give... Uh, to that to that person is always like really vague and cryptic so like you know fun times there nothing's ever like told uh you know super straight so uh okay yeah Aegeus, he's going he's getting into this and so he's the airless king of athens he goes to see the oracle of delphi to see if if she can help him out you know with his predicament you know put some lead into his pencil you know what i'm saying something like that so it's like getting rid of your fortune it's like getting rid of your um your star sign yeah. You, know, you will come across money in the next fortnight because it may be payday. Yeah. And you will have happiness at least one time this week. Yeah, it's stuff it's stuff like that. But like he is yeah. super super vague. So, so everyone's like, Oh, they I swear by them, they're great. Let's do this. And so uh the Oracle receives and greets uh greets the king and says something like, Hail Aegeus uh, mighty king of uh, of Athens, uh, but without any male heirs to carry on in your line. Ah, that sucks for you, mate. And you're like, Aegis is going to be like, shit, Oracle, fuck. Uh, why are you busting my balls, man? Like, <laughs> can, can you help me yeah, out? Tell me something I don't know. You're an yeah. Oracle. You're meant to tell me what's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Just, can you see anything in the future that will help me, you know, get a son? Because, you know, I, all I have is daughters and they're, they're, they they can't rule. I mean, everyone knows that. It's got to be a man that needs to be uh, ruling this, this bitch. So help us out uh, if you can. And you've got to think all of like, uh, Aegis's daughters are like, fuck you, dad. Like, give us a go. Give us a chance. Yeah, exactly. We're not, we're or not would you want to, though? I'd be pretty happy just to be like, yeah, princess the whole time. Just have all the money, none of the responsibility. Uh, yeah, princess would be great until you get, you know, uh, auctioned off to like some old, yeah. like old eighty-year-old king who's like fat as fuck, and you're like, oh, great. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Although, yeah, you only get that for a few more years before he naturally dies or is assassinated, and then probably you're assassinated too. <laughs> hey, political intrigue. How good is that? Oh, it'd be so good. 
There's no escape. You're like, I just, I just wanted <laughs> yeah. to have fun. Yeah. I was forced to marry this guy, and now they're killing me because they wanted to kill him. Fuck my dad. My dad's shit. He's <laughs> the worst. Uh, and the oracle, uh, you know, goes into a little trance uh, and then gains her, her composure and then turns to Aegis and goes, All right, champ, I've got, uh, uh, I've had a little peep into your future, and I do see a sun. Uh, Aegeus is amazed by this and he lights up like a Christmas tree and he's like holy shit that's amazing uh, and the oracle goes now settle down mate and listen to me very carefully and the oracle tells Aegeus his instructions and I'm going to quote from uh, one of the sources I'm going from for this episode uh, a famous ancient biographer by the name of Plutarch who himself is quoting from Euripides who was a Greek uh, tragic uh, playwright back like, like centuries before them uh, he's quoting from the Medea. So, the instructions are, Loose not the wineskin's jutting neck, great chief of people, until thou shalt have come once more to the city of Athens. Full stop, end quote. So, and the oracle goes, obviously that makes sense, yeah? Uh, I don't need to... Uh, that makes no sense. Yeah. Is that meant to make sense, or have I just had <laughs> half a beer and someone's stuck something in it? No, no, that's that is exactly how my response was when I first read it. Okay, good. She's like, mate, I don't know. Uh, it makes sense here. Like, I don't know why everyone says my prophecies are vague and uh, you know and and, and 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 ambiguous and all that shit. But uh, but uh, Aegis is like, mate, understandably, he's he's confused, and he's like, uh, to be honest, Oracle, um, I'm not having a go at you, but I'm not a hundred percent sure what you're talking about. Um, but thanks for thanks for looking into my future and all that. That was a great thing. But are you able to explain this to me just once, once more? And the oracle's like, "What's there to explain, mate? Keep a lid on your wine skin until you get back to Athens." And Aegeus, he's like, "Ah, still, he's still a little confused." And he's like, "Mate, I've got a wine skin right here." And he grabs a wine skin that's hanging from his belt because that's what you do back in the day. And he goes, "Is this what you mean?" Yeah. And the oracle's like, "Or is it his penis?" <laughs> he's like, "Hey, yeah. buddy." He's like, <laughs> she's like, "Put that away, mate." <laughs> <laughs> for an example why just keep the lid on his penis just don't have sex with anyone until he gets home that's all he's got to do that could be but she said wineskin so he's like mate uh could you could you tell me exactly what that means and the oracle's like mate i'm not a bloody jukebox uh i'm busy doing oracle stuff so you know you better hit the road get back to athens and uh so Aegis he leaves the oracle at delphi and uh begins to make his journey back to athens but as the story goes, Aegeus had previously planned to visit uh, Pythias in Trozium. So, and shoot, you know, shoot the shit. Just like mull it out with him. But the weird thing is, I thought about this is uh, on the map, um, you know, uh, Trozen is, is actually out of the way from Athens. So I'm thinking maybe he sailed across uh, the Gulf of Corinth uh, to get there. Either way, it's... It, not 100% sure if it makes sense, but other stories have um, Aegis visiting uh, Pythias because he's super wise. He must be like uber wise and everyone's like, oh, wants to see the Oracle, I'll go see Pythias and he'll tell me what's going on. And that's exactly what Aegis does. He's like, mate, I'm sure it'll be fine, as in the prophecy and all that jazz. Uh, the wineskin, that's fine. Pythias, he's super wise and shit anyway. Uh, maybe he can help me decipher this whole wineskin prophecy. 
And yeah, anyway, as long as I keep a lid on this wineskin, then I can visit Pythias, have a great time, and then chuff off back to Athens and then crack one out and have a son. <laughs> so that's his his uh, his reasoning. That's what he's taken out of the uh, the um, the meeting with the Oracle. And uh, seeing as there's uh, yeah, seeing as there's never any harm in tempting the fates, uh, Aegeus arrives in Trojan and hangs out with Pythias. There's uh, most of the stories, as with most of these stories, accounts differ. And one version has uh, Pythias actually catching wind that Aegeus is having trouble, uh, you know, uh, conceiving a son, and that he's headed to Delphi to try to figure it out. And uh, he sends a spy to see what's happening, learns of the wineskin prophecy, and then lures uh, Aegeus back to uh, to Trojan because he's super wise and he knows what to do. And others have Aegeus playing. Uh, paying little mind to the prophecy in general and just heading down there with like zero fucks to give. So whichever account you go with, you've got Aegeus, he finds himself in Trojan uh, in the court of Pythias and is greeted by his beautiful daughter, Aethra. Yeah, what's she doing there? She's the daughter of Pythias. I mean, you hang out with your dad until, you know... Oh, she's single, by the way. Oh, okay. So uh, there's a big feast because, you know, Aegeus, he's the king of Athens and Athens isn't quite as... Uh, as massive and uh, I guess politically important in this story as it will be later on, uh, but it's still big enough. It's a big trading port. It's very important. So they they have a big feast. There's lots of drinking, eating, and music like straight into the night. It's a great time, and uh, it appears accounts vary that uh, Pythias understands the wineskin prophecy, which Aegeus tells him is actually meaning his doodle and not an actual wineskin. So, well done there, Matt, on picking hey. that one up. Hey! Well, I just thought I sounded like an idiot. Yeah. Well, you when know. you said, oh, you know, he actually has a wineskin, I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have his dick out? Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, Pythias, he's super wise, but, you know, being a good <clears throat> uh, a good friend, uh, he lets the Athenian king get super drunk uh, on his uh, on, on Pythias's wine and sets him up with Aethra. Uh, so, you're like... Great move, great dad move there from Pythias. Uh, just like offer up his daughter for uh, ugh, for yeah. that. After I have a few, have a few cheeky beers, and then just offer up a daughter. Yeah, exactly. There you go. See you later. So uh, you know, uh, Aethra must be you know pretty pissed at her father, but goes along with the will of her father, Pythias. So um, Aegis either gets blackout drunk, uh, understands the prophecy uh, to be an actual wineskin. As uh, as what the what he was kind of brought away from that with the uh, the oracle, and then thinks himself free to you know have a bit of hanky panky with whoever he wants, um, or he's just like you know just blackout drunk and just you know is isn't in his own mind when he uh, when he has sex with uh, Aethra. But whichever account you subscribe to, uh, the two of them do the no pants dance uh, down on the beach. Always a fun place to go for that. Uh, yeah. Yes, gets everywhere. <laughs> Lay a towel, at least, please. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Deck chairs, Arasaka. <laughs> yeah, but uh, after Aegeus drifts off to a drunken sleep, uh, Aethra jumps into the water and wades out to an island where she's visited, wink, wink, by the god Poseidon. Okay, so she just goes swimming out in the middle of the night and Poseidon. So yes. what happens if Poseidon didn't turn up? Well, she would have she... just drowned. Or she was just been stuck on an island. Well, maybe she was just working out, doing a bit of exercise, a bit of cardio. 
You know, swim okay. out to the island, challenge yeah. yourself, and then come back and burn it off. Burn off what Aegis couldn't, yeah. I guess. Uh, but the gods yeah, do that. So, yeah, uh, Poseidon does rock up, and uh, the gods do this kind of stuff all the time. Now, uh, in the morning, uh, Aegeus wakes up naked and very hungover on the beach with Aethra in her birthday suit as well, lying next to him. And uh, she's like, yeah, mate, we totally did it last night. The pennies dropped for Aegeus because he's like, oh, shit, we did, eh? Oh, I reckon you're pregnant as well because I can tell that, that kind of stuff straight off the bat. Uh <laughs> Ooh, uh, I may have messed up a bit with this whole wineskin prophecy. Uh, although, maybe not, actually. And go, however, uh, however this, t- this came out, uh, Aegis knew that he, he's, he's got to depart. He's got to go to Athens. He's like, mate, I've got to stop. Uh, if I fuck the prophecy, then all right. But if I haven't, uh, I'm just going to get back to Athens and enact this shit. So now he's sober. He's realized that the wineskin means he's dead. These are these are the separate uh, the the varying accounts. So he's either okay. yeah he's either gone oh shit this might be a real thing because I think you're pregnant because that always happens the day yeah. after. Um, like yeah. you, like yeah. as, especially especially you know especially with a hangover it's like oh you, oh fuck my head's killing me you're definitely pregnant by the way like what like no yeah. way yeah I don't remember anything that happened last night but yeah you're pregnant. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. Mu- he's pretty much not sure. Uh, depending on the accounts, he's not sure whether or not the wine skin thing is true. But at the same time, he's like, I've I've kind of outstayed my welcome. I want to get back and quit tempting the fates and bang me bang one of my own wives and get a legitimate son happening there. Okay, okay. But instead of offering any support to uh to uh Aethra before he departs, uh. You know, uh, in terms of raising the child uh, and all that kind of stuff, he says to um, to Aethra that if the child is a boy, to keep the identity of the father secret. Now, this uh, immediately you think, oh, mate, Aegis is a bit of a dirty dog. But there's a couple of things at play here. So, like, no doubt that if any illegitimate son of the king of Athens would cause a little bit of trouble, like, with Aegis's other three wives... You've got that, that element. But then another thing is that some accounts have the son, the sons of Aegeus' brother, Pallas, are plotting against Aegeus. And, uh, you know, any news of a son being born to the heirless king uh, would bring a bit of harm at, down to the boy. They'd be like, what's that? Somebody who could take the throne uh, potentially away from us, his nephews. Uh, th- th- they might want to go and actually, you know, kill this kid if it's if it's a boy if it's a girl they'd be like oh we don't give a shit because the the boy the girl can't uh inherit anything so that's oh, they're not that, very good at handling responsibility are they i know right, God, these kings they're just like oh i just gotta get my dick away just oh, do it. as long as i can get my dick away i'll be fine and yeah. then the next morning he's like oh shit oh, oh i, to, I have to think I've about just ruined that. athens <laughs> <laughs> civilization oh. is gone <laughs> Bye, Greece. Whichever way you shake it, uh, Aegis, he's uh, hitting it and quitting it. Uh, but he does do something before he goes back to Athens. He decides to leave his ivory-hilted sword and a pair of golden sandals behind, hiding them under a random massive stone out in the forest. Uh, and Aegis tells Aethra uh, that if their child is a boy, uh, that she should raise him to be a king. You know, but also without knowing who his, you know, paternal father is, uh, and at that one day the boy might come across the sword and the sandals under the massive stone in the middle of nowhere. Uh, that she must send him to Athens to announce himself to Aegeus 
with the sword and sandals as proof of his lineage. Okay. So, but she knows the sword and sandals are there. She knows that the sword and sandals are there. It's a massive fuck off. Like, we're talking like a massive boulder. Why doesn't she just take him home? Just take him home and stick him under the bed. He's already popped it under the stone. Uh, but at the same time, if you, if you think uh, from Aether's point of view, like, if it's a boy, he's got a lot of danger coming his way from, you know, potentially... Uh, you know, assassins sent by Aegeus's uh, wives, or you've got the sons of Pallas uh, being his um, Aegeus's nephews, uh, trying to kill him to, uh, you know, to stop him from inheriting. So, like, if this kid is a boy, she's like, fuck, he needs to grow up in secret because there's going to be a lot of danger coming this way. And if I do send him away, there's still going to be a lot of danger because he's a he's a political player now. So she may or may not, uh, you know want to point him in any direction but with that uh yeah the the the, the sword and the sandals are hidden under this stone and uh Aegeus does some really good parenting things you're like that's a great way to uh to get your kids started like boy or girl yeah. like that's a that's gonna be a really good fun way to grow up uh, yeah this like this her egg hasn't even been fertilized yet and they're still they're already talking about when he's like 18 years old and has to lift a boulder yeah. to protect himself. He's already like, oh, by the way, I'm a shit father. I am, I'm not. They good. must have had a really long chat. That that hangover chat must have been a lot of fun. Oh man, the I, woman I, must have been just like, oh my god, just leave. I don't care anymore. Just leave. Can I just get some like chicken nuggets and gravy and some chips? Exactly. Like, now yeah, I need Baraka <laughs> right now. My head is pounding and you're telling me all about my three wives and you've just cheated on them and now I've got to lift a boulder for some sandals. Like, I can make his own sandals. Let me finish my brekkie burrito before we uh, get started on this, mate. This is, this is heavy. Uh, but they don't have time to do any of that, unfortunately, because Aegis, he's left, uh, he's left Aethra, he's left Pythias, and he's headed back to Athens. And at this point, it's probably a good idea to have a bit of a break. Bit of an advertisement break. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we'll leave you with that, uh, Marladon, and we'll be back uh, very shortly. So we are back. Uh, and just to recap, uh, you guys are awesome for listening. Hooray, hooray. Uh, so Aegeus, he's, uh, he maybe have sh- has shat in the bed in terms of the wineskin prophecy. He's gotten himself drunk and uh, he's, he's, he's hung out with uh, Pythias' daughter, Aethra, and had a little bit of sexy time down on the beach. Uh, and Aethra has also been visited that night by the god Poseidon and has become pregnant. Um, because Aegis can tell us this straight off the bat. <laughs> and uh, Aegis bails. Yes. Yeah, he bails to head back to Athens to try out for a legitimate son, just in case he, he hadn't really messed up this prophecy. Uh, but he has left his ivory-hilted sword and a pair of golden sandals under a rock, just in case Aethra has a son uh, who is then able to lift this crazy big stone and, uh, and bring all this shit back to Athens as a way to legitimise himself. Sounds very sword in the stone-ish. Yes, uh, yes. Sword under the stone. Sword under the stone. Yeah. The kid needs to be raised in secret as well because a bunch of shit. Uh, Aegis is a dirty dog. Uh, Pythias isn't great either. 
uh, you know, serving up his daughter, all that jazz. Uh, anyway, let's continue. Let's do it. So fast forward nine months uh, from that fateful night and uh, a child is born from both Aegis and Poseidon's seed. <laughs> and surprise, surprise, it is a boy. And, uh, yep, <clears throat> that's a bit of a surprise. We didn't know that was happening. And uh, Aethra calls him or names him Theseus. Theseus. Aethra, <clears throat> she must be dirty at, uh, at Aegis, but she keeps her word to him and keeps Theseus's parentage a secret uh, or at least part of it anyway because Pythias tells everybody that Theseus is the son of Poseidon son of a god. Uh, the god of the sea uh, who's a pretty important uh, deity to the city of Trojan uh, and if you remember Pythias uh, and, and Aethra are also descendants of Pelops and uh, if we remember from episode 2 Pelops was beloved by Poseidon so there's a bit of love there from the uh, god of the ocean Oh uh, yes, he's the one that gave him the. Uh, he didn't give him the horses, but he gave him the uh, the chariot, the cart. Yes, the chariot. That's the word I'm looking yes. for. Yes, yes. So yes. sort of, uh, he half helped him there, <laughs> but that's a good. Yeah. And so, so they set about raising the boy. And Theseus, uh, as he grows, even from from a young age, he's all about doing hero stuff. And uh, he massively looks up to his elder cousin Heracles. Heracles, not Hercules, if you please. Uh, and Heracles even comes to visit um, visits Theseus's family, wearing his iconic coat uh, of the Median lion, uh, which he slew uh, in an in, in an earlier stage. Which I'll cover that in a later episode. It's basically a lion's head, which he wears as a cap, like a, like a helmet, a hat, uh, with its pelt draped over his shoulders, with its like paws and shit. It's pretty. Uh, it's a big. It's like any think like any sort of hunting pelt. It's like. He's got that, but it's a big fuck off line. Amazing, like The Rock does. Yes, in that, in that, exactly like The Rock. Yeah, the 2014 in that uh, terrible movie Hercules. It wasn't yeah. very good, but yes. uh, he, they did get that bit a little bit right. That was kind of what they were looking okay. for. That's what he was about. Um, and so the the thing is about this coat that he wears, the Median Lion, is it's a pretty bad. Uh, you know, it was a pretty big bad in the Greek world, and uh, people are still afraid of it, even though it's dead. Was it was it like um, arrow proof or sword proof or something? It was pretty. Was that the skin? Yeah, yeah. I think when it was alive, that was it. Uh, and Hercules or Heracles, I should say, uh, was only able to subdue it by kind of strangling it because he he tried to shoot, fill it up with arrows and its 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 uh, skin was super tough and he ended up kind of like uh, strangling it into submission and then he's just like, oh, I'll give you a bop yeah. on. The, I think it was a bop with the club at the end. But correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, guys. Let me know. Um, but uh, yeah, so people would see Heracles come in. They're like, "Fuck Heracles! Get the shit out of me with that bloody coat of yours, mate! Can you like take it off for a little bit while you're here? Uh, yeah, this is going to give me the heebie-jeebies." And uh, and that's exactly what Heracles does uh, when he comes to visit uh, Theseus's family. He like takes off the coat and drapes it uh, across a couch whilst at a party. That would be even scarier. A little bit. Well, I feel it's like this, that would be a lot scarier. Yeah, it's yeah. at this time that like Theseus uh, walks into the room. He's a young kid at this time, so let's just say he's about like nine or so. Doesn't really say, but he's a young lad. <laughs> I'm old enough to be doing stuff now. Watch me go. Um, and he sees this pelt of the Medean lion or a ginormous fuck off lion, uh, which looks so lifelike, at least to him. 
on the couch. So he like springs to action and grabs a knife from uh, one of the nearby guards who must have been like, what the fuck's going on here? Uh, and then throws himself upon the pelt, stabbing it multiple times. <laughs> and uh, so he like, that's fun at a party. Uh, but you can kind of see where this kid's coming from. And uh, when the creature is still, uh, Theseus lifts the knife and proclaims that he has slain the terrible Medean lion. And uh, everyone at the party starts laughing. And, you know, once they realize that Theseus was unaware that the beast was already dead, uh, they applaud him for his bravery. And, uh, and Heracles himself, his older cousin, leans in close to his younger cousin. And he says, don't you ever try to snake my kill again, you little shit, or you're going to get the full fucking club of mine on your skull. Test me, mate. You fucking test me. Now he doesn't say any of that, of course. He's uh, he's more like, mate, you'll be a great, you'll be a great hero when you get older. I fell in for that. Uh, I also carry a club, like that's what I do. That's oh. that's my thing. I carry a club. <laughs> so that's why that's why I said that before. Like I carry a club. It's my it's my go to weapon. But mate, you're gonna be a great hero when you grow up. Don't you don't you worry, champ. You're fine. And uh, so yeah, so we get the idea that Theseus is kind of like uh, a fearless dude, or at least he's very brave. He's like, mate, I'm gonna do what needs to be done at the time it needs to be done. So anyway, after that little interlude uh, with, you know, a lion's pelt, he grows, as in Theseus, grows to manhood, and Aethra has guided him with Pythias, of course, uh, nurtured him, and he's now a bloke who is great and well-versed in the ways of battle and also wise in thought. So hooray! Uh, Theseus, he's, he's good. He's good. Hey. They've done, they've done a great job without Aegeus around to bring him into being like a mild-mannered dude. So he's ticking a lot of boxes. That's good for him. There's not many half-gods that are actually good people. No, it's nice to hear. Yeah, it's, 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 nice refre- to hear it's refreshing. Yeah. There's Hercules and there's Theseus. 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 One of them. Yeah. Yes. You Theseus, whole lot of yeses. Theseus, just Theseus. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all... If you end it in an us, we'll make it there. Uh, okay. And anyway, uh, you know, one day Theseus is out hunting in the forest... And uh, he comes across a hare, and he chases this hare all the way until it disappears under a massive stone. And Theseus, hey. by this time, he's a big he's a big bloke, he's pretty jacked, and he's able to move this massive stone easily because he's like, mate, I want that hare, I'm going to get it. Um, but there's no tasty hare there. There's uh, nothing but an ivory-hilted sword and a pair of pretty schmick-looking golden sandals. And uh, Theseus, he's pretty weirded out by this discovery and he decides to show his mum, Aethra, what, what he's found. And he pops the rock back in its place because that's important for some reason. Uh, and so <laughs> Aethra is like, understandably, she's like, oh, shit, I knew this day would come. All right. Oh, I've got to tell you the whole truth about your dad or dads, really, to be precise. And uh, Aethra tells... Uh, Tells Theseus all about Aegeus being also his father, um, you know, a bit of a blending of the of the seed, we'll say, and also the wineskin prophecy and all that jazz. And Theseus is like, holy shit, this is this is a revelation. I'm gonna meet this guy for sure. And Aethra, she's a little bit worried. She's like, I know my boy. Do the voice, Pat. I'm oh, sorry, she's like, I know my boy. I know. Uh, go and claim your right. Uh, take this ivory sword and these golden schmick sandals so Aegeus will be able to confirm your claim. Uh, take a ship across the bay to Athens and you'll be right. And uh, But Theseus, he's like, no way, Mum. I'm not taking a boat, like a small boat ride to Athens to do that. Like, I'm all about doing hero stuff, remember? 
Plus, I'm pretty jacked and like good at fighting and stuff. You you taught me like, the fighting part, uh, so thanks for that. But like my stats, uh, they're pretty good. Like they're pretty good so far. Uh, but I haven't really done anything heroic. Like unless you count that like lion that uh, that was already dead. Uh, and Aether's like nobody nobody counts that, Bubba. No, nobody. Just just no, not no, not that. And uh, Theseus is like fine. Uh, I heard the road to Athens is dangerous uh, these days. You know, filled with robbers and bandits. So I reckon I'll travel by foot and smite some of these bitches. Uh, then when I arrive in Athens, I'll have uh, have a bit more renown, if you know what I'm saying. And plus, I'll you know still have these schmick sandals and swords, so it'll all be uh, all be pretty schmick. You know what I'm saying? And so he's got he's got got a bit of a plan. So she's like uh, Aether's like, oh, she's worried about her son, but. You know, wishes um, Theseus a safe journey. And with that, Theseus sets off to meet his destiny. So he's gone off to try and kill... When he was nine, he tried to kill the toughest lion that there was. And now he's gone off to fight some normal Greek people that just try and rob him for his golden sandals. A little bit of a step down, but let's let's be fair. He chanced upon an animal pelt and went at it. But he thought it was like a big, a big bad. But I think for him... Uh, Aether is like, oh, you can just sail a ship to Athens and then meet your dad and you'll be right. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to do something to prove myself. I'm going to, I'm going to clear the road from, uh, from, from Trojan to Athens, uh, from, like, from like terrible bandits and stuff like that, which we'll get into the bandits, uh, as well, uh, bandits and robbers. But I'll clear that just to kind of make the land safer for everybody. So people will be like, oh shit, Theseus, he, he does stuff, uh, as well as just being son of a king. So he's decided okay. he's, he's going to do the hero thing because he's a hero and that's what he does. Okay. Or at least he does hero stuff. All right. So. Okay. I uh, like this guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He's, he's a bit, he, he's, he seems like a, good, a, a good, good, good dude. Good dude. I feel like he would be a bit of a tool to deal with like if you're just trying to hang out with him. Oh, you couldn't have a beer with him. No. At all. No. Like, oh, he'd be so bland. <laughs> he'd be so bland. Yeah. He'd be on alert all the time, wouldn't he? He'd just never switch off. Just, oh my God. It'd be like one of those, one of those like elite sportsmen who are just awesome at what they do, but they just have zero personality as a result. Yeah. So you're just like, oh great, yeah. can we talk to anybody else, please? Yeah, or talk about anything else other than the one thing that you do for your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, Theseus, he's out to meet his destiny, and uh, nearby to the area of Ep- Epidurus, uh, which is about twenty k north of of his home of Trojan uh, Theseus meets his first challenge. Challenge number one. He uh, comes across a brigand by the name of Periphetes. Periphetes. Now, uh, but it was not, not an ordinary brigand, like not an ordinary, uh, an ordinary armed robber dude. Because uh, this bloke happens to be the son of Hephaestus, the god of the forge. Now, if you have seen and don't, even try to tell me you haven't uh, seen the animated Hercules movie. Greatest movie, uh, one of the greatest movies ever made. It was just, it, it was good fun. Oh, it's he, amazing. He's the guy. Uh, yeah, not not a hundred percent accurate, but uh, <laughs> but uh, he's the guy who made. He's the guy who uh, famously makes Zeus his lightning bolts. So he's like, he's oh he, yes, the little the guy winged who, guy, the little oh yes, that kind of looks like you. Cupid, is that the one? No, that so guy. That's, Her- like that's Hermes. Hermes, the messenger of the gods. Uh, Hephaestus is uh, is is famously a lamed god, isn't he? He's got like a bit of a, a limp going on in his leg. He's really great at the forge. 
and he's actually married to Aphrodite of all people, of okay. all goddesses, I should say. Anyway, so he's right. this, so so Periphetes is the son of a god, son of a god, uh, and he's not a very nice dude. And so this thing with him, as well as being the son of a god, he's a giant of a man, and he carries a club of his own, uh, one blow of which can kill any man. So kind of think like uh, Heracles with his club. This guy's got a pretty big uh, fuck off club, and he's a pretty big dude as well. So he's like his okay. favorite thing is just bringing his club down on 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 travelers that he comes across and uh, and ending them. Uh, but Th- uh, but uh, Theseus uh, he's super brave and he rushes towards uh, Periphetes and uh, being uh, pretty nimble, he's able to dodge one of Periphetes' swings and uh, and grabs his club. Uh, and being being a pretty jacked dude himself, Theseus brings uh, the giant of a man. Uh, he brings his own club down on the brigand and completely caves in his skull. Ah! So uh, he did. Oh, well done. He did. Well he done. Did. So well, well done. That seemed a bit too easy. Well, he's Theseus. All right, he's pretty jacked. He's uh, he's yeah. good at good at doing this stuff, and he's a hero. Well, he does hero stuff. And uh, and so there's one down, one bad guy down for Theseus, uh, and he's feeling pretty chuffed for him, with himself. And so he began. He continues once again on his path to Athens. Uh, and around about the halfway point, uh, Theseus meets his second major challenge. Challenge number two. Now, I want to say major challenge because it feels to me from reading through this story, it's just like a series. Like, I can see him, like, all the way through just, like, beating up, like, petty robbers and shit and all that kind of stuff. People trying to, like, you know, rape some poor woman and he chases them off or kills them or whatever. And then every, like, like low-level uh, enemies on, like, any sort of video game. And then there's yeah. like a then there's like a boss yeah, get, fight, and then you get a big, big boss at the end of the level. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is like another boss fight, and uh, this particular okay. yeah this particular boss's name is his name is Sinus, Sinus. and uh, he happens to be a son of Poseidon. Okay. Now Poseidon, the god of the god of the ocean. Uh, now the no, Sinus is Sinus's yeah. deal. He. Uh, his deal is he catches people uh, he finds on the road. He bends down two separate trees uh, towards each other until they're touching the ground. This is the tops of the trees, mind you. Uh, and then he takes the unfortunate victim, ties their arms to one of the trees and ties their legs to the other and then releases the trees. So, bit of a crazy thing. Ouch. Uh, yeah, but that's his jam. That's, uh, that's what gets him out of bed in the morning. That's a lot of effort to go through just to kill a... Just to kill a lonely person just trying to wander down the road. Oh, mate, he just hates travellers. He does, doesn't he? Yep. Oh, I feel sorry for him. Well, yeah. Like, that's not a nice way to go. That's really... Can't be, can't be good. Uh, and unfortunately, the goodwill of his father doesn't extend to uh, to the son, and uh, it's pretty much known if Sinus finds even Theseus, his own half-brother, uh, he won't be giving him any brotherly love, you know? He'll be pretty keen to give Theseus a little pine time, if you know what I mean. Like, he's going to... He's gonna put him up there as well. He just, hey. he just like that's his thing. He's like, if I see anyone, they're gonna, they're gonna be, they're gonna get some tree action. Uh, now Theseus, he unfortunately comes across Sinus just as he's letting some poor dude, uh, you know, have a bit of a fling uh, that way. Fuck and uh, Theseus, uh, surprise, uh, unsurprisingly. Uh, isn't down for any of this shit, and he manages to overpower Sinus and uh, and gives him a taste of his own medicine. Uh, so he strings him up to his own tree and then uh, rips off his lim- limbs. <laughs> so 
you know, he, do, he, he dispatches sinners pretty easily. And uh, then he continues on the path, leaving the scattered limbs of his own half-brother behind him. For someone who hasn't really done anything, he's uh, doing pretty well to kill two half-gods. Pretty accomplished. Well, I suppose as a half-god yeah. himself, it'd be like just two regular dudes. But Yeah, he's, okay. He's, been, he's jacked, he's working out, he's, he's, he's good at war and all that. And then, uh, then the third... Challenge number three. Third one, around the settlement of Megara, Theseus comes across a uh, crazy, gigantic sow, like a female pig. But like, think like the Caledonian boar from episode six, but instead of being brought down by the god or the goddess Athena, uh, this one's under the control. Uh, sorry, this one's under the control of a dirty witch, like somewhere nearby. Yeah, I'm a witch. Fuck yeah. Like <laughs> the witch is doing like some and like. Controlling this like crazy pig. People are really bored back in the day, back in Greek times, and they just oh, let's just control the pig. Like once if nobody comes along for a couple of days, is, does she still control the pig just to just for the hell of it, or <laughs> does she do her own thing? Or if the pig isn't seen in the forest, does the witch control it, or whatever that bear shit? Oh in the woods yes, no, no. yes. Uh, well, she's uh, <laughs> bear shit in the woods. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> no, if a tree if a tree falls in the forest, is there uh, and no one's around to hear it? Does it really do it? Uh, whatever it doesn't matter but uh this <laughs> this, uh, this crazy sow uh it's it's nearby to megara and megara they're like the people the locals they're freaking out at uh at this this, this these occurrences because no one can leave their homes to work the fields uh do farmer shit nothing like that no one can sell produce in the market life just comes to a standstill because anyone that goes out there just gets gored to death by this by this crazy sow it's attacking anyone who who sees it or it was until Theseus comes along uh, and he's able to track it and kill it by himself. Uh, no more sow. And uh, so he's pretty, he's, pretty, uh, he's pretty straightforward with doing all this. No, using the pig's own powers against him just kills it. Dead. <laughs> yeah, just kills this one. He's like, along. Mad, mad tired. Yeah. yeah. And apparently um, one of the accounts has that when the sow... Uh, is killed is when they when the when the when the when the angry pig is killed uh the witch withers up and dies as well so like that's fun oh i'm dead now shit oh yeah maybe not tie your life force if you're a witch maybe not tie your life force directly to the thing that you control and people want to kill yeah yeah, especially a pig. Like you could probably think of a better animal to choose than a pig. Yeah, but it, but I guess in her defence, uh, there had been a few named people, uh, like like great-ish people, like up-and-coming heroes of the day who were kind of dispatched to get rid of this this sow, which did die. So the sows, it's a tough customer. It's probably not up there with the Caledonian boar's uh, majesty. It's 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 it's, it's stats. But it's it's big enough to be like oh shit yeah there's killing some of the uh, some of the some of the rookies like we need to pay pay attention to this one okay yeah no no wandering down a different path yeah, yeah. skip through his legs yeah so uh, I'm assuming it's about twenty foot tall it's probably not that big but big enough to, to mess up <laughs> some villages for sure uh, yeah. but yeah three bosses down and Theseus he's feeling pretty great about his quest he's like hey I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty fucking legit as a hero I'm doing all the all the shit and, uh, and he comes across a sheer cliff face uh, which the road clings to so it becomes a real narrow sort of road which is kind of almost cut into these cliffs and it, and on part of this road stands stands uh, his fourth 
his fourth uh, objective, we'll call it. Challenge number four. Uh, Skiron. Skiron. Uh, now, Skiron, he's a massive dick. Uh, probably the probably one of the bigger ones out of these uh, these bosses that he that Theseus uh, fights uh, because he blocks the narrow path uh, across this sheer cliff face and forces uh, any travelers that come by to wash his feet in a basin of water that he has nearby. So he's like, "Oi, uh, there's no toll or whatever. You got to wash my feet, uh, dude or dudette." Uh, and then when that person is kneeling down to wash his feet, he kicks them off the cliff. Uh, to where they fall into the rough sea below, only to be eaten by a gigantic turtle that hangs out at the bottom in the water. Oh, wow. So they've got a real thing going on there. <laughs> what a they've fucking douche. Planned this all out. They've teamed up. Yeah, yeah. At least the others, you're like, you know their intentions. You know yeah. their intentions. They're going to kill you. But then you go to this guy and he's like, just clean my feet. And you're like, you know what? Well, what I've already been through, yeah, all right, I'll probably just do that. And he kicks you in the water. That's out of order. Yeah. <laughs> That is so English. <laughs> you kicked him in the water. That's out of order, mate. <laughs> now I'm all wet. I've got a spare change, do I? I've got a spare change. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's cool. one of the that's one of the real like, mate, what the fuck are you doing, Skiron? Like you're a you're a douche, yeah. mate. You're <laughs> a massive douche. <laughs> I'm a dick. Theseus, he comes across this scene and he's like, nah, mate, something's really sus with this guy. And uh uh, but he decides to play the victim, uh, and he goes to wash uh, Skiron's feet. And when Skiron goes to give him the old the old Sve- uh, Sveinsteiger kick, you know what I'm talking about, the old Van Percy, uh, Theseus grabs his leg and kind of judo flips uh, Skiron uh, over his shoulder and down into the sea uh, for some turtle justice. How ironic. Yeah, good. Yeah, deserved. Yeah, the turtle. If he had any allegiance to Skiron, it ended as soon as uh, as soon as he as he as he took flight because he gives the old chompy chomp and and has a good time. So good on Theseus. He's doing the job, and uh, and there's a few more other dudes which see Theseus defeats along his path. Uh, uh, there's there's a Cryon, uh, another son of Hephaestus, uh, the god of the forge, who Theseus wrestles and smashes his body on some sharp rocks. Uh, there's also the crazy, it's actually called the crazy <laughs> Procrustes, uh, who has a bed that he throws, uh, you know, travellers, people that he comes across onto. If a person is too short for the bed, he gives them a bang with a mallet that he's got uh, to make sure that they fit the length. So he bangs them out flat until they reach head to foot. Uh, and if the person is too long, he takes a blade and chops them down to size, if you know what I mean. So, oh. no real prizes, I guess, for what uh, Theseus does uh, to uh, Procrustes to as as punishment for something like this. He gives him his old his own medicine. But yeah, um, so after uh, confining uh, Procrustes to some bed rest, yeah, that's my pun. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping silent for that one. <laughs> Uh, Theseus now stands on the outskirts of Athens, his father's city. He has successfully cleared the road uh, from Trojan, uh, some 158 uh, kilometres long. So this is according to Google Maps uh, with modern roads. So take that with a grain of salt, but, you know, it gives you an idea about how far he's gone 
with that one. Uh, this huge stretch of dangerous road has been made safe thanks to Theseus's actions. A mixture of cunning, strength, agility uh, from our boy from Trojan. So uh, it appears to be like a theme of the adventure. Like he's not only like a, you know pretty jacked and a good fighter, he's also pretty savvy, pretty sneaky. He's cunning when he needs to be. He seems to be like the all-round dude. You sound like you're talking at the beginning of a um, opening of like a game show. Next for us is Theseus. He is cunning. He is sneaky. <laughs> yeah, like the old, uh, what the, the gladiator jumping or the yeah. ninja warrior shows or whatever. Yes. But yeah, no doubt people are praising the name of Theseus for doing away with the you know the giant sow that was fucking up all them villages and that bloke who kicks people off of cliffs, uh, Skiron. Skiron. Uh, people are pretty chuffed with him uh, he's, and he's all he's been all about the hero stuff and he's finally delivering he now makes his way into the city of Athens with the ivory sword of Aegeus on his belt and a gold and his golden sandals on his feet ready to meet his father and what happens next oh no you'll have to find out oh no in a later episode oh you have me <laughs> As I go into the exploits, uh, which <laughs> make Theseus the hero of the city of Athens. Uh, and that's it. That's it. That's it for the rise. Fantastic. The rise of, uh, of Theseus. Oh, that was amazing. That is a pretty badass start to life. Yeah. That is pretty amazing. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. What an awesome dude. Hmm. That was a bit of fun. How do you feel about, uh, about I, guess, I guess, what you've heard? Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't just wait another couple of days to have sex. I don't know. Yeah, have sex or have a drink. I mean, you know, fair enough. Little history podcast. I mean, a lot of people might, might be hanging for a brew, but like, come on, dude. It's a couple of days to get back to home. Back home. Just keep it in the pants. Keep it in yeah. the skin. You'll be right. Yeah. To get you everything you want in your life. All you want is a boy. That's all you want. Just And all you got to do is keep it in your pants for two days and then you're home and... Yeah, you've got your boy. Well, in his um, defense, though, he did get a boy. He got Theseus. He did get a boy, but an illegitimate boy. Well, when you, when, when you, yeah, when you're the son, well, when you're the half son of Poseidon, god of the ocean, yeah. uh, illegitimacy is, you know, a little bit like less. He's not like Jon Snow, who everyone thinks like uh, is like a bastard born from like a tavern wench. This is like, oh, so like a king. Uh, nailed me out of wedlock and then a god so everyone's gonna be like oh okay we're 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 gonna cut him a bit of slack because i don't want my fishing boat to get wrecked by a storm sent by his dad you know what i mean yeah yeah and i've heard the stories about him malleting and chopping people stretching him out and then chopping him back down again yeah his kids aren't fun and... <laughs> yeah poseidon's kids yeah. aren't fun <laughs> they often go a bit bad yeah. so maybe keep on the right side of this one just in case he does take uh take that bad turn and you can you'd be like oh mate remember when i uh when i wasn't it wasn't a dick to you before yeah could you like yeah not not yeah. kill me oh, thanks mate yeah just look just look after me for a little bit but yeah that's all good fun yeah. As we're coming to know in this series, uh, with these these stories and any sorts of stories that we come across, uh, you know, there's more than one version of them. So, like, feel free to drop me a line at the Gmail, a little history podcast at gmail.com, or get in contact via, you know, a little history podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Drop us a message. Uh, tell me the versions that you've heard, because I'm always interested in hearing uh, hearing this shit. As interested as uh, as uh, Sinus is with his like his tree pranks, like. Hearing and learning more about this stuff. That's my jam. That's what I like to do. But uh, but yeah, I want to thank uh, thank thank yourself, Matthew, for coming on. 
Oh, thank you for having me. It was good fun. Thank really you for good having fun. Me. Yeah, great story. I didn't know anything about Theseus, uh, well, especially the beginning of his life. Didn't know anything about oh, it. Oh, well, there, so there you go, mate. We shone a light on on it. Yeah, you did. I had a bit of fun, it fun and some beers as well. So uh, good times. Oh yeah, good times. But yeah, yep. all right, we'll leave it there, and uh, and yeah, we'll catch everybody uh, for the next episode. I'm not actually sure what I'm doing next, but uh, you better believe it'll be it'll be good fun. But uh, make sure to like and review uh, the episode, subscribe to our Little History Podcast wherever you're listening, uh, and also get in contact with us uh, via the Gmail or all the socials. Let us know what's going on. Uh, send me photos. Send me send me whatever you like. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> excellent but yeah as always uh lovely to have everyone listening uh great to have you on matthew for your uh, your debut episode thank you patty appreciate it it was great all right mate and uh great excellent well we'll, uh, we'll leave it there and uh we'll see you guys uh for the next episode of a little history all right bye for now bye-bye bye-bye thanks for listening to a little history uh, we're an independent podcast, so it would truly be wonderful if you could uh, like or follow us wherever you're hearing a little history today. Uh, and feel free to leave a comment below as well. Now, if you want to get in touch, uh, have any suggestions for future episodes, or you just want to send in your love, send it to a little history podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under a little history podcast. All right, we'll see you next time.